Hi everyone, good evening. Charlotte here from Enriching Environments for Tuesdays, Top Tip Tuesday on Instagram Live. And we'll just wait a few moments for everyone to join whilst we all get comfortable and we grab our tea and send me a little wave or an emoji to let me know how you're feeling this evening. We are midweek here in Dubai, 16th of November, the day of tolerance in um, the UAE. And this time next month, my daughter, Olivia, will turn seven, which is so crazy to think that those seven years have gone by in a flash. So um, it's probably a good topic this evening to talk about, uh, which is developing autonomy in children from birth, from a very, very, very young age. Um, and this is one of the key tenets of Montessori principles, Montessori living or education, or even Montessori parenting, Montessori um, way of life, is developing autonomy in children from birth. Hello everyone who's joining, hi. And so that's our topic for this evening. Send me a little wave so I know how you're feeling, a little emoji so I know who you're feeling this evening. Um, developing autonomy um, in children from birth, from a very young age, can seem a little bit strange. Um, because how on earth can a newborn baby uh, be autonomous is, with, is um, something that uh, when parents first start to work with me, that's sort of the first question that, um, that they ask. And what I like to draw upon, what I, um, the way I like to look at it in two ways. So developing our child's autonomy, allowing them to be autonomous, um, helping them when it's needed rather than when we think it's needed. And there's a subtle difference there, there's a nuance there. Um, that's what's really, really important. And um, the, the quote that led to this, this uh, live actually was, never help a child at a task, never help a child with a task at which he feels he can succeed. And one of the reasons that's one of the key tenets of Montessori practice, Montessori philosophy, Montessori way of life, is we um, believe in the Montessori mindset, um, we believe that every child is um, innately capable. We believe, we see every child as capable, no matter what their age are, whether they're one day old or they're a year old or five years old, we see every child as innately capable. And within the um, context of our Montessori mindset as the adult and the context of the environment that's prepared with their needs in mind, um, every child could can um, show us what they're capable of, um, basically. So every child is capable and it's up to us as adults to allow our child to be capable. Um, Let's say a word about autonomy to, um, hi Harry, let's say a word about autonomy before we go any further. Autonomy to me and to us as Montessorians means a child doing things for themselves. It doesn't mean a child doing things by themselves. And the difference there is we're not creating, and the reason I'm using the word autonomy rather than independent because um, saying that we want our child to be independent can be misconstrued sometimes. Hi Mia, 
sometimes people can think that we mean oh independence which means we want them to be emotionally independent and and all of the the other um, suggestions that come from that but that's not at all what we mean it's allowing them to be independent so they can do things for themselves the reason for that is that when we are um, we feel capable ourselves we are able to um, contribute to others when we don't feel capable we're not able to contribute to others so the objective of supporting our child children very very young children in becoming autonomous is that then helps develop um, them into capable contributing members of society givers rather than takers we what we seek to do um, in creating a new world a more equal world or more just world is raising our children to be compassionate contributors um, and I think all of us want that for our children, whether or not we want to soarings, we all seek that, don't we? We want our children to have those deep values of humanity, of kindness and care for others and respect and reverence for all life on earth. Um, and so for me, Montessori is the path of us being able to do that. And we do that through, um, as I say, developing autonomy in children from a young age. When they are autonomous, they can do things for themselves they are more likely to turn, to look in their communities, look in their families, look around them. Who can I help now? That's what we give them. That's the power that we give them. Um, when we can do things for ourselves, we then turn and look around. Okay, how can I help others? That is the, um, that's the underlying principle which guides this. So developing autonomy in a very young child, in a child from birth, that comes in two ways. One um, is having an environment that's simple, ordered hi nada um one that's having an order that's simple uh, an environment that's simple ordered accessible and the second is our um montessori mindset as i said uh right at the beginning our montessori mindset believes that children are innately capable that's for sure no matter all regardless of their age a few days or a few years we believe and we know for sure children are immensely capable um uh, secondly, um, we stop and we wait to uh, understand our child, to um, give them time to do what they need to do rather than interfering. And the third thing that we do in a Montessori mindset is we observe. So we observe in order to understand our child, to see where their interests are, to see where their needs are. So those are the three things. So one um, in the Montessori mindset. One, we know that they're completely capable. Two, we give them space and time so that we wait. Um, I like calling it waiting the magic 10 seconds. So when our child is doing something, whether they're struggling, whether they are dealing with something with another child, whatever it is, when they're making a mistake, as it were, making a spill, we can wait those magic 10 seconds to see what happens next, to see how our child responds knowing that when we've laid them this foundation, that over time they're going to be able to know how to respond to those situations. And then the third thing is that we observe them to understand, um, hopefully without our projections. We try not to without our projections, but that's you know <laughs> easier on some days than others, right? So those are things, the Montessori mindset and the environment. So for our environment, it's very, very uh, straightforward to, to remember. Everything in our environment should be simple, ordered and accessible. 
that means sitting down on the floor and being at the same eye level that our child will be at, what can they see, what can they access that is at their height. We do that from a newborn. A newborn um, uh, should be given freedom of movement, they shouldn't be restricted in, in um, uh, push chairs and, and Moses baskets and all of those things, um, I can't remember the other names of them, bassinets and cribs and things like that. We can have them on a light rug on a sheepskin, a real medical sheepskin, on the floor. They can look around and see the shadows fall, see the sun coming in the window, watch the leaves on the trees outside. If you're lucky enough to have trees close to where you live in your apartment or your ha or your home, um, that is what simple or accessible looks like for a baby, for a tiny, tiny newborn. And then, as uh, our child grows, then it becomes even more obvious what is simple, ordered, and accessible at their height. Because a crawling baby is then able to crawl to a shelf and get what it is that they need. And then that's when our Montessori mindset comes in because we know that when our baby is moving towards what they need, that's what they're interested in. We can observe that and see, okay, what do they need next? What are we actually observing? What are they seeing? What are they exploring? What are they doing? Um, so that's the uh, simple ordered accessible and as you go through the ages it's, it, it presents in different ways in different stages but the, the, the foundation is uh, our environment should be simple, ordered and accessible. Ordered isn't the same as tidy, ordered means that the things that our child needs um, are placed uh, in um, a consistent place. There is a shelf with our child and it doesn't need to be big and it doesn't need to be fancy. It's just um, even, and actually um, clients of mine, they didn't want to buy any more furniture. So I just suggested arranging some things on a, on, a, on a small rug, just a long rug. And that's what they did. They just arranged some things on a rug, on a mat, just on the floor. And that worked really uh, high to tender. And that worked really, really well for them. It doesn't need to be... Um, you know, a special custom design shelf. And actually, I much, much prefer it if you don't go and spend tons and tons of money on this. I really want this to be a reflection of you and your home. We don't want this to be inaccessible because we don't have this piece of material or that piece of material. It's really got to be true to you and um, a reflection of your family, your culture, your heritage. That's more important than anything else. So, um, Simple, ordered, accessible environment at home. That's what our children need. Get down at their level. If they're a baby, you need to lie on the floor and look around. What can you see? Whatever you can see, that's what they can see. What is there of interest? What is there that might be dangerous at their height? Then sit up. When they're a toddler, they're going to be at your uh, eye, eye height, probably, more or less, if you're sitting. What can they see? Can they, or can they access? What can you put at their height that removes a level of frustration for them? Um, is everything in their height um, appropriate for them to touch? Is it safe for them to touch? If it's, um, is it accessible? Can they, you know, toddlers love cleaning, hey? Do they have what they need to clean? Do they have what they need to pour themselves a drink? Do they have what they need to prepare a snack? All of those little simple things that don't cost anything. Um, just a little bit of rearrangement and a little way of like shifting our brain and looking at things looking at all of the world, all of our world, you know, emotionally and physically from the child's perspective. If we're in a, a really good way to imagine this is if we 
landed in a giant's land and we can't reach anything and we can't speak the language either. How disorientating and how frustrating would that be? That's what it's like for a toddler. If everything is out of height and they can't really communicate what they need either, uh, out of their height, um, above their height, and they can't communicate what they need, uh, what they need either, it's super, super frustrating for them. So it just helps for us to sit on the floor, look around, see it through the world through their eyes. And actually seeing the world through the eyes of a toddler is the most awesome feeling in the world. It is just so... Um, it's just so joyful to experience the world through a toddler's eyes when they go for a walk, when they notice some shadows on the wall, when they um, experience uh, a celebration for the first time or they experience um, a relationship with an animal for the first time. It's so, so powerful to experience the world through um, the eyes of our children. So just sitting down on the floor and looking around, that's one way we can do that. And so secondly, the, we spoke about the Montessori mindset. So developing autonomy from, um, from birth. Second thing after the environment is our Montessori mindset. We must know and trust in our hearts that our children are innately capable. They are far, 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 far more capable than we give them credit for. So when we trust they are capable, what we need to do is go back to point one, look at our environment. What can they access? What can they not access? What do they need? Um, so we know that they are capable. We know children are way, way, way more capable than we give them credit for. Um, second in the Montessori mindset is we wait, um, and I like to say to my clients, wait 10 seconds to check you've got the full picture before we interfere. If um, our child is struggling to put their shoe on, if we jump in straight away, we remove the challenge for them and they might not try again the next time. We break their concentration. We sort of send an unconscious message that they can't handle it, so we need to take over. That's not developing a, um, a mindset of autonomy. That's not developing self-confidence or self-esteem in our child. So what we can do, and it's really hard, just hold on to ourselves, sit on our hands and try not to interfere. If it's safety, obviously, of course, we need to interfere. But otherwise, try not to interfere. And this can be really, really tough with toddlers. And even, you know, with my four-and-a-half-year-old son, he gets so frustrated with tying his laces. It drives him insane to the point where he would scream and scream and scream. And so I'd come over and I'd say, what can I do to help? And if I came near him, he would scream at me and he'd say, I don't want help. And it's not that he's confused about whether he not wants help or not. When he's screaming with frustration at his shoes, he's screaming because he is finding it tough, he can't do it. He's not screaming because he wants me to take it away and do it for him. And so that's a, an important distinction for us to know as well as, as, as adults, parents, caregivers, educators, is that sometimes we need to observe and wait and see if we know what's going on. Does our child really need help in that moment? Or can we give them three, four, five, ten more seconds to work it out? The longer that they can um, persevere, then that's, it's, it's a muscle that builds up their ability to do things autonomously. It builds up their patience, their concentration, um, so that uh, over time they build this really wonderful resilience to be able to try hard things and they have this self-belief. And when they do make mistakes and we don't and and they get things wrong it doesn't matter it's not a big deal because they know that they've got that perseverance within them so 
that's why I say wait the magic 10 seconds if you can. It's really, really hard to do. Sit on your hands. Zip. I said to one of my clients years ago, zip on your, sit on your hands and zip it. Try to just hold back from interfering, whether our child's struggling, try and hold back from praise if your child's done something. Instead of praising them, which is for us, be in that moment with them. You could say thank you, or you can say, oh, I see you did that, or um, you could just give them a big smile. We um, can just wait to check that our responses are really for... Um, the highest good of our child in that moment. And it takes practice, don't worry. It's not something that is gonna come overnight. It takes practice, it takes time. Um, and then the third point, which leads on nicely from the second, is observation. The Montessori mindset is all about observation. This is one of the first things we're taught when we do a Montessori course. And um, something that Dr. Montessori really, really emphasized heavily in her work is that all of her philosophy, all of her practice, all of the theory, everything she talked about was through observation as children, uh, observation of children. These aren't philosophies that she made up. She saw that through observing children, we get to know so much about them. And she wanted us to have this knowledge as well. So she told us what to do. Just observe your child, see what they need, see where their interests lie, see what... Um, what next challenge do they need? What tiny bit, I'm um, referring to point two, what tiny bit of help do they need in this moment to take them to the next level? That's what observation is all about. Um, giving them the tiniest bit of help that they need to go to the next level. And then little by little by little by little through childhood, through our early adulthood, young adulthood. And then as we get a little bit older, we... Um, we have developed that resilience. So that's really, really important. Observe, see what's working for our child, what's not working. And after we've taken a step back and made sure we're not interfering too soon, we can then think, okay, what does my child need next? What in this environment can I adjust? Or do I just need to sit and be in this moment? Not take any photos, not take any videos like we all do it, we all want to do it. But can we just be in this moment and see um, what my child needs next, see what's going to happen next, and allowing them as much as possible. We know that they are innately capable. Allow them as much as possible to find their own path. We're close by for support. We're not saying that we are distancing ourselves from them. We are just being in that moment with them and seeing them and observing them. Close by for support if needed, but we're not going to interfere. Um, and that is a really wonderful gift if we can give our children that space and that time. As much as it is, that might mean, if you're a working parent, that might mean only 20 minutes, half an hour a day, you know, that you're able to really observe your child and see who they are, be with your child. Um, but it doesn't, quality time is much better than the quantity of time. Um, particularly with, you know, all of us have got such busy lives, um, you know, single parents, we're both working parents, or stay-at-home parents, you know. No one has a huge amount of time, hey, because we lead such busy lives. But if we can just have those little golden moments with our child of um, really giving them that space and time where they can be in their environment and everything is simple, ordered, and accessible to them, then that's how this um, autonomy develops over time in a really, really beautiful, it's non-linear non fashion, but this really, really beautiful unfolding happens where 
we just sort of notice when they're about age four that they can do a lot of stuff for themselves. It's really, really, really powerful. Um, and so um, I guess the last thing I'd like to say is drawing on the original quote that inspired this live, um, which was never help a child with a task at which he feels he can succeed. So what I'd like to say about help and offering help is it's very much um, when the child is ready for it, not when we want to give it, if you see what I mean. And the difference there, the nuance there is often as adults, broadly speaking, we interfere, uh, sorry, we try to help our children a lot sooner than they actually need it because the first squeak of um, this isn't working for me can often be just a squeak of, I'm getting frustrated, as we do as adults, hey. If we, the first time that something frustrated us, we're getting annoyed, I don't know, we're trying to open a tin or something, we don't want someone to take over straight away. We're just saying, this is annoying. Do you see what I mean? There's a difference between needing help straight away and um, just expressing frustration. And our gift as a parent, uh, as a parent what I, that our child is giving to us, is very, very gradually working out what, um, what are the moments where our child really, really needs help? And what are the moments where they're just expressing their frustration and we can still hang back? We're there for support. So when they look up and ask for support, you know, with their eyes as they do, um, then we can be there. Uh, it's still collaboration, it's a collaborative approach, but we're not interfering too soon. Because if we interfere too soon, we offer to help, or worse, take over too soon, they're not having a chance to build that perseverance muscle, to build that courage muscle, to build that concentration muscle, to build that patience muscle. All of this can be, the foundations can be laid in early childhood. So we want to give them this opportunity of um, uh, going as far as they can without... Um, adults taking over that and that is a really really beautiful gift that we can give them so what we want to offer is the right amount of help that means where there's a little bit of challenge maybe a tiny bit of frustrations gets in there and we give them that tiny bit of help to get them to the next stage and um, putting on shoes is a really really good example so our toddler will want to put shoes on and they may try once twice um, and often it's going to be upside down all these other different things you know different scenarios they get annoyed and then throw it at you. Usually it's going to hit you on the head unless you're, unless you're fast. My four-year-old still throws shoes at me when he gets really frustrated. Um, so you're going to get hit by the shoe um, or she's just going to throw it across the room in a real, real frustration. What we do in that situation, instead of taking over and doing the whole thing, we take the shoe, we sort of open it a bit, pull the tongue back if it's a shoe with a tongue, um, as I say, open the shoe and then hand it back to them in the right direction for them to put it on their foot. We don't take over and do the whole thing. We just um, set them up for success again, if that makes sense. Set them up from the beginning again so they can have another opportunity of trying for themselves again. And we might need to do that a couple of times, you know. And this is, I mean, a child's, uh, a toddler's concentration span um, can be very, uh, is because of the brain development very very short so we're talking about maybe 30 seconds one minute it's not a long period of time they're not going to be trying for 10 for 10 minutes uh, for 10 minutes um, 
uh, and just screaming and screaming and screaming. No, it's not going to be. It's going to be. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be. They'll have a couple of tem- uh, attempts. Probably throw the shoe in frustration, um, and then you can reset again. Open the shoe, pass it back to them, so they put it on the correct, um, uh, the correct way, the correct direction. And that's what I mean about offering the tiniest bit of help at the right moment, so they can get to the next level. Because then with the shoes, if they do manage to put that shoe on, then probably the heel's going to get a little bit stuck. So you can show them how to put the finger in or the thumb in and then pull that up so you don't, uh, so the foot doesn't get stuck. Um, so they can push their foot all the way in. And then you go through with putting the shoes on. But you see what I mean? It's literally just a tiny bit of, step, of a step to get them to the next level. That's what's most important. Anyway, so I hope that this has been helpful this evening. If anyone has any questions, let me know now while I just have a sip of water. And thank you for joining everyone who's joined. Sorry, I missed lots of waves. Um, So to recap, uh, never help a child with a task at which he feels he can succeed. How do we develop autonomy from birth? From my side, this is two in two ways, through the environment, simple, ordered, accessible, and through a Montessori mindset. Um, the simple, ordered, and accessible environment um, means that the children have everything they need at their height. And secondly, the Montessori mindset, that comes for me, it covers three areas. One, we believe and know and trust that they are extremely capable, more capable than we give them credit for. So as long as we prepare the environment, they're going to show us how capable we are. they are. The second is we give them time and space. That means waiting before we interfere, waiting before we offer help, waiting before we seek to correct them. Um, unless it's safety, hold back. Let them get things wrong from an adult's lens. Let them do things wrong. Let them try and put their t-shirt on upside down. Let them try and put their f- shoes on the wrong feet. All of those things, you know, that are natural. They're just the working out process. Often we interfere. We jump in too soon rather than too late. Um, and then the third thing is observation. Observation is this beautiful gift that Dr. Montessori told us we can know our children, whether or not we're educators, as parents, as any type of caregiver. We know children by observing them. We understand by observing them. So watch what they're doing. What do they like? What do they don't like? How are they moving? What's their body language? All of those things. What are their interests at the moment? What's capturing them for more time than anything else? That's what... um, that's what observation is. So, so, and one of the key principles of Montessori philosophy. So, that is developing autonomy in young children. And um, when we do offer help, the last thing is when we do offer help, we offer just the right amount so the child can go to the next level. We don't take over. That um, is really, really powerful in terms of our children developing this innate belief of their capability and their ability to work things out for themselves and problem solve and brainstorm all of those. If we give just a tiny bit amount of help so they can get to the next level themselves, that's really, really powerful. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. If you have any questions or following this live, don't hesitate to send me a DM. 
My book, The Montessori Mission, um, will be released very, very shortly, hopefully before the end of the year. That's what the plan is. And episode 10 of The Montessori Mission with Sidwell Handas from The Male Montessorian and from Monty Story 101. He, his episode of the podcast will be released in a couple of weeks' time. He's episode 10. We finished the Montessori Mission series with Sid. Um, so, have any questions, anything you'd like me to cover for Top Tip Tuesday, don't hesitate to send me a message. And um, thank you so much for joining, and I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.